Just gotta make sure this is running on YouTube. Gotta love. Uh, I think we are because yeah. I'm getting back feed. Yeah, yeah. I'm just seeing the. I had to switch over to the uh, to the actual YouTube screen. All right, guys. There we go. Just sometimes watching on re restream it uh, takes a while to buffer. All right, fellas, welcome to tonight's episode of the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is episode number 191 of the show. Thank you all for joining us tonight as more people start to file in. This is your buddy, your pal, Invader here, and we've got quite a few things to go over tonight. Uh, earlier this week, we saw the release of Microsoft Flight Simulator and The Ascent, a couple of uh, pretty high-profile games coming onto Xbox consoles and the ecosystem. What are our first impression on those? Well, you'll find out in uh, a few moments. Also, on the PlayStation end of things, we'll be getting into some details released about the PlayStation 5 SSD expansion. Are they handling it well? Well, we will also get into all that and more from around the game industry. However, first, let me introduce all my fellow Xboxians on the TXR panel, starting with MLD. Hey, bud, how you been? Hey, doing pretty good here. Uh, also, Xboxian, that's a new one. I, I think uh, that one should stick. I like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, looking forward uh, to this week. I, I mean, to this talk. I mean, a lot. this was a surprisingly packed week of information so it's just, oh, I can't wait to get into it. So looking forward to uh, to getting into all this. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, brother. I know what you mean. A couple of really good uh, games here uh, released this past week. And yeah, you know, I should uh, trademark that. Anybody in the chat thinks I should trademark Xboxian, you know, let me know down there. Be a pretty good one. Uh, let's see. Going down the list, Eric Shockley, buddy, my man. How's the uh, gaming been going for you the past week? Oh, pretty good. Got some uh, time with the Ascent. That one's been pretty cool. Uh, kind of like a twin stick uh, shooter in a way. Um, so it's, it took some, I because I played a lot of Ruiner. Uh, that one was pretty cool. I, I think I just haven't maybe played this style on the console for a while. So mm -hmm. uh just took some use to uh, getting used to with the, some of the aiming. Um, but so far, some of the, yeah, some of the cool, the guns are cool, the abilities. Um, just seen some performance issues, I think, with it just kind of loading in uh, maybe some of the assets um, and a few hitches there, uh, here and there. So, uh, but overall, definitely a fun experience and yeah, hopefully to iron out some of that. But uh, pretty dope. You know, I, I understand some of the like Metacritic scores. I think the PC is kind of the one to go with because it has like way more reviews or people that reviewed that copy. To kind of give you an overall uh, basis of the game, um, but yeah, pretty dope for a, you know, it might be not be like a game of the year like Hades or something that's about to drop here soon, um, but for it just dropping on Game Pass is definitely a you know quality title to, title to check out. So mm -hmm. definitely give it a try. It now I would just definitely try to see if you can get a group. Because it is way better, just like playing like, you know, Gauntlet Legends or X-Men Legends in, back in the day. It's way funner if you're playing with friends. Um, but so far, that's been a blast. And that's what I've how I've played it so far with co-op. So. All right. 
All right. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, get into that in a few minutes. I I definitely have a few things to say about uh, the ascent. I I spent some time with it. Uh, and we got Centurion. Hey, my man. Uh, what's new and exciting? What is going on, guys? It is Sunday night. It is time to talk games, and boy, there is some games to talk about. And dude, I am excited for this. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> certainly, certainly. And uh, doesn't look like our friend Tim Dog will be able to make it this evening. But uh, rest assured, guys, it's going to be a fun chat. And you know what? Why don't I just uh, kick us straight off right into the first topic of interest? And I, I guess it's a, a couple I'll wind into one, to be honest. And it's about the games. And over the last week or so, we've seen a few high-profile releases on the Xbox ecosystem. We got Flight Simulator. It's finally out on Xbox consoles, along with The Ascent and uh, even indie title uh, Death's Door. I know a few of the guys on the panel have managed to play a couple of these titles. I'll, of course, go across the panel, but I'll start with our good buddy here, General MLD. But I know you've uh, spent some time playing Flight Simulator. What are your initial impressions on this Xbox title? Well, uh, I can only speak from the perspective of a casual, I mean, in the, at least in terms of this IP. Because I, I think this is I think this is by far the most widely reaching and broadly appealing um, entry in the IP, which I, I think is what, you know, it's, it's a win-win for everybody. So it's my first time with it. Now, I think if you're in the game and you want to get the most out of it, you actually do the flight stuff and do the challenges and, um, you know, go on the flight pass, all that stuff. Hey, more power too. But I'm just in it just as like, like just really just, I appreciate the technical marvel of it just to be able to literally spawn anywhere you want. I thought it was just airports, but then I realized you can actually spawn like literally anywhere you zoom into on the planet. So, I mean, I've been doing that. Obviously, first, you know, you sp I spawned at like, uh, like the Toronto airport, and it was just fun just, you know, just, you know, finding my own house, like just, just from the major Toronto airport. <laughs> that was fun. But then there's, uh, even, even other stuff, like I don't want to sound like a PR guy right here, but like I, I showed my dad his hometown in Italy, um, my in-laws came over earlier today. I showed, uh, my mother-in-law, like her, her hometown in, in Ecuador, like, like, and they're really impressed by it. Like it really wows people that are just not gamers. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like the Microsoft, they got a hit on their hands with this game. So, I, I mean, I, I saw some of the pre, uh, the, some of the, the pre-selected places like Mount Everest, uh, Napoli, like this game is just beautiful, like absolutely stunning. So I, I'm going to play this game year round like easily it's just one of those games where you want to just take it easy uh if you're just in the mood like you don't really want to like just spend five hours just on a hardcore game you just want to take like you know half an hour to an hour just just to see the sights of somewhere that you probably haven't seen yet like that's that's what this game is at least for me from the casual perspective so and it's good i mean you guys mentioned death's door flight sim the ascent it's this this is the beauty the drought not only is the drought over but th th it's all variety each one of these three games are different genres. There's something for everybody. And I think that's what really makes Xbox uh, appealing. And I, 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 that's why I like Xbox's approach. Only be because they do something for everybody. It's not just more of, of, of a similar roadmap. So I'm not going to get into that. But I'm loving the variety. And I think we're going to get even more next month with uh, you know games like Psychonauts in 12 minutes. But so far, so good. I'm, I'm loving this game. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just to yeah. tack on to what you uh, were saying there, MLD, uh, like I've been playing Flight Sim, and I've been anticipating this title for a while. I know it's been out on PC for the past year. Everybody was raving about it who had it. And, you know, I know this is an Xbox, uh, you know, focused podcast, but man, just it, the game is just so beautiful. The imagery, it's just it's so lifelike. Uh, it's easily, easily one of the best looking games out there, if not the best, because again, I got gameplay. I don't know if any of you guys are looking at the uh, YouTube right now. I have gameplay for Flight Slim. I, uh, I was uh, going around uh, Napoli, as you did, MLD, and man, oh man, it's just, uh, I, I just, I couldn't help it. At first, I was just like, oh, okay, I'll just go to uh, Mount Vesuvius, I'll go around, whatever, but then I'm like, because they have all the uh, different interests, points kind of chart, they're like, okay, I'll go over there, and then I see a mountain range with some interesting looking clouds, oh, I'm going to go over there, then I'm going to go over there, and I just, I couldn't help myself explore, right, so it's a, it's such a create-your-own-adventure game, you just uh, become very immersed in what you're doing um like i don't know if any what? of you guys in the chat have been playing this game but it's just ugh, like it doesn't seem like a lot at first but literally you can go anywhere it's amazing um and just the the ease of uh just flying around i mean it takes a little bit to getting used to uh, mld you might uh, agree with me here like there is a little bit of a learning curve when it comes to some of the controls just because of i like i think they did a good job with it uh because you can only map so much to a controller but you know at, at times it can be a little overwhelming with uh, some of the the layout there how they mapped it but overall good game go ahead oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i was just gonna say um I mean, obviously, I'm playing on the easiest, you know, controller settings. But even then, it's just it's kind of hard, a little bit frustrating to to, to to like to just to turn your plane. If you flew over something and you just want to go back, it's kind you can't just turn as if you were playing like say Crimson, Crimson Skies or like an arcadey kind mm -hmm. of airplane game. So they are trying to keep uh, the controls somewhat intact because it's called Flight Simulator. I mean, I wouldn't mind a full-on arcade settings. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. just for like the uh, more casual players like myself, but yeah, it is a bit of a learning curve. Uh, I'll give it that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really, if you just play it on easy, it get, has an easy setting. And if you do that, like even has an autopilot. So if you can't even crash the plane. Yeah. Or it's really hard to crash the plane if you put it on easy. Because when you're about to like really screw up, it goes into autopilot. So Definitely, I recommend just giving it a try just because it is kind of cool to, in real time, fly through like your, you know, hometown city all exactly mapped out. So mm -hmm. that's, that part's kind of cool. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was kind of surreal, actually. Uh, like yourself, MLD, I took. Uh... I took planes off like out of Toronto because uh, again I'm from like again the uh, the GTA so I took planes at like the uh, Toronto Island and Pearson International and I was just I was just flying around the area and I just couldn't believe like just how life like I'm like oh yeah I, I know that I know that and then I went along the uh, uh, I went over to like Niagara region I passed over Niagara Falls and I'm just like oh my god this thing is so detailed again I, I just it's blowing me away with just how detailed it is um i just it's immensely fun it's immensely fun i i could it's one of those games where you could you don't mean 
to get lost in it for so long. Like, okay, I'll, I'll just spend half an hour with it. Because the other day, again, I was just recording uh, some gameplay here. Yeah, I'm just going to sit down 30, 40 minutes. I, I easily spent about three hours just screwing around, just, you know, in a in the free fly mode. And I just, I just think that it's really awesome how you can take off from just, again, just random airports, like anywhere, too. Um, you got to watch out, though, like what kind of plane you're using, because, uh, you know, trying to get a Boeing out of a cornfield isn't exactly a, gr a good idea. But uh, you're going to have a little bit of a problem. Just trust me on that one. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, guys, uh, Flight Simulator. I highly recommend it if you haven't tried it already. Fantastic, fantastic game. Um, wait, Shockley, did you play it on Xbox or did you play it on the PC? Oh, I played it on the uh, PC. Or not PC, but the, the Xbox. That's when I checked it out. Okay, alright. Yeah, I yeah. mean... No, I... Like... I'm just killing time while people were jumping on the... Uh, while my buddies were jumping on the Osank. But yeah, I kind of flew around... Um, but it, yeah, it did take a while. It's like because people were kind of complaining, like, "Oh wait, it's real time." Because <laughs> it was like I can see the city, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's gonna take me like ten minutes to get from the airport to the city." <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's see in the chat. We got Kill Hall here. The smaller the plane, the better. Well, I, I mean, you know, they all have their ups and downs. Like, if you want power, <laughs> you got to go with a Boeing or something really that large. Top Gun, uh, that Top Gun update. Just, I wonder if you're, you'll be able to fly jets or if it's just uh, going to be... Well, I know you'll be able to fly jets, but uh, if you can... Because I, I get... Well, I think they're going to just put it like you're going to be out in the ocean. I guess you could eventually get out, but you, the fuel's going to run out. So I don't know if you could fly like jets around like your hometown, <laughs> like if they're going to allow that, but that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. You can just take off from any uh, airport with like the Top Gun jet. That'd be sweet. Right. Probably not going to happen, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I am keeping an eye on that uh, Top Gun Maverick DLC coming out in the fall. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, Centurion, I know we talked a little bit beforehand, uh, before we started. Uh, so you haven't uh, had a chance to uh, give Flight Simulator a shot, correct? No, I have not. Um, I am interested. I want to go fly around like my hometown of Albuquerque, New Mexico. want to go check that out, but... Um, like I was telling you, I've got, um, a full internal drive and I've got a full external stick. And so I'm basically debating on what's going to be my hundred, my hundred gig sacrifice to download this game. Mm. But I really want to check it out. That's where I'm just basically debating. That's where I'm at is what game I'm going to delete to uh, check this game out. Um, because obviously I got to still download it to me. I'm just thinking what? probably setting that download up at night and just letting it download overnight now maybe somebody on the panel can correct me or agree with me here but i believe you don't have to download the full amount because i think there's both an online and an offline version if i'm not mistaken that's right yeah yeah so now, you, yeah so you can just choose to download the online one if you want it gives you uh basically the uh the best uh photo imagery of the landscape see, that that that's where i would want to see the that's what i'm wanting to see so i'm wanting to go all in that's where i'm gonna definitely just have to figure out where i'm gonna fit this on my hard drive 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It, yeah it, it de- it's definitely a big visual difference versus the uh, online, uh, sort of the offline b- uh, variant. I mean, yeah, you, you're better off just, you know, seeing it at the best quality. Uh, so I know I've at least been sitting back watching everybody on Twitter, YouTube, heck, even on, when it pops up on um xbox on the feed um everybody's enjoyment for the game it's definitely something i want to check out um definitely was uh got a little bit more excited especially when they showed that uh maverick top gun trailer um is there any other jets outside of like just like standard passenger stuff there's not really nothing too exotic when it comes to availability of aircraft right Oof, I gotta check the marketplace again, mm-hmm. but but actually, I'll, I'll, that's another topic. Actually, I want to talk about that too. But I, I think it's mostly just like the either the big jumbo jets or like the World War II era kind of planes for now. Anyway, mm-hmm. see, I just i I grew up in Albuquerque near Kirkland Air Force Base, so that's where that's where I'm gonna probably be, and that's when I saw the uh, the military planes and stuff like that, especially with Top Gun. Uh, I That's where I got excited with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, like MLD was saying, I'm going to have to take a look at the marketplace too because I was even looking at like some other areas too that you can download for free. I, I know I downloaded, uh, was it this update for Scotland, if I'm not mistaken? They have a few others like... Just something to keep an eye on when you're downloading stuff, too, because I think <laughs> this game could eat up a lot more space than what everyone else is oh, thinking, yeah. too. So, uh, again, because of all the detail going into this as well. So. Buy your brand new Seagate uh, half terabyte <laughs> expansion card pre-downloaded with Flight Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. The game of the year edition of Flight Simulator is going to be on an expansion card. Oh wow! Okay. Well, <laughs> at least at least all these town updates are free. So, but yeah, it can add up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And again, like nothing was perfect. I remember flying over a few areas, and then the the imagery wasn't quite as good. I think I, I was flying over Mississauga MLD, and then there was just this giant. I mean, there is a creek that goes through the city, but it was just kind of like. I don't know, the geography was just kind of weird and kind of like slanted in a weird way. But otherwise, everything else was pretty good, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I mean, there's a theme park near near my place. It's called Canada's Wonderland. But oh. uh, you flew over that. It wasn't the best detailed. But again, this is like the whole planet. Mm. I feel like the tech there needs, needs improvement. But then again, no one else is doing this. Like nobody else. I feel like for where we're, where we're at like today... Like, this is a pretty massive technical achievement. If something's rough around the edges in the suburbs, eh, well, what are you going to do? I mean, that that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. People were upset about, like, the cars. And I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Spider-Man did this with the boat people. Spider-Man's not going to go out into, you know, out into the ocean. So <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing to swing from. So, I mean, that makes sense. But it's like, and that's on a much smaller scale. This is mapping the entire Earth. You're not going to be, you know, in a normal flight pattern flying, you know, 100 feet from the ground, like from a highway, unless it's an emergency or planes crashing. Uh, mm-hmm. So it doesn't make any sense for them to put the detail into the cars. Um, they're going to put the detail in the you know weather effects where you're actually going to be spending most of the time flying yep so Mm -hmm. 
now we're on the topic of like nitpicks. I for anyone listening, like the DLC store is is by no means mandatory. They they don't pressure you. They don't nudge you towards it. I'm playing this game off Game Pass. I have zero inclination to pay for anything because the planes you got the off the, off the bat that is more than enough to do what you want to do. And this is community creation stuff. It's like the Minecraft uh, DLC store or whatever. Like it is a community run thing. And again, it's completely optional. Like again, like you don't even stay at the airports long. You take off from the airport. So for someone like me, I have no need for it. I think all the naysayers, they have no idea how this kind of community driven stores work. And I think they're just nitpicking because they're, th- th- this whole idea is just so foreign to them. Mm-hmm. I, 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 just, I just have to say that. I just have to say that. The whole controversy, this quote-unquote controversy. Also, they give you like 30-something detailed airports in the standard edition. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were like, oh, wait, but if you want the other, you know, because there's a max of like, I think, 63 right now that are actually mm-hmm. handcrafted. Um, and it's like, well, they're charging you more for that detail. And I'm like, I don't under, I don't think you understand. They're like handcrafting the entire airport. So they're give they're only doing a select few. It doesn't mean you're like, hey, you have to pay to land in an airport. No, there's thirty seven thousand airports in the game. <laughs> so these are just handcrafted where they, you know, specifically down to like exactly how the airport's supposed to look. Mm-hmm. And has that detail. They've only done it to like 63 of the 37,000. They're not going to do every single one. Now, that's probably where the community can come. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Not to be that guy. Why? Um. Why are we wanting so much detail on the airports? Are you able to go inside them or something? No, uh, but you can like uh, when you're taking off or when you're landing, like you can taxi your. Uh, vehicle around a little bit but like i mean you can see a little bit of detail um but nothing like really you know too so we're close going and from, personal we're going from grass gate to airport gate <laughs> uh, <laughs> at least somebody yeah. chuckled at it <laughs> yeah I know. Just... I'm, I'm just like oh my god is this really resurfacing <laughs> no I'm sure if, if we're gonna be if we're gonna nitpick it's like they're charging you from so, um, some extra airports, but the airports are all still there. But you know, in Ghost Tsushima, because I saw p- people making comparisons there, and I'm like, but, but if, if I want lip syncing, I have to pay extra for lip syncing. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, ten dollar lip sync tax. Yeah. <laughs> at least uh, the airports are there. Like I don't know. It's just I mean, both of them. The only problem I had with the Ghost of Tsushima thing was just the uh, they're inconsistent with the actual. Not the upgrade, but if you were to buy this new. Oh, you cut out chocolate. If you're about to buy this uh, new version of the game, if you buy the PS4 version, then they will charge you an extra $10 when you eventually want to up it to the PS5 version. Miles Morales, they didn't do that. They charge you the same price for the PS4 and PS5 version digitally. Same price. So they're by their own standard, they're inconsistent. So. It doesn't make any sense in that in that realm, but yeah, I would say too if you really want to nitpick. I mean, there is a way where you can like uh, get a like a drone cam and like really really like go outside like the plane and you can like look around. And I suppose you could go down to like 
the the land the surface and get a, a good look like just really go down there but again not it's not going to be perfect perfect right you're not going to get everything down to an exact blade of grass for crying out loud or a exact like super exact building but everything looks great I mean as is it's just like again it's the game isn't meant to like have this magnifying glass on it like when you're really up close to it but like again it's made for flight simulation not uh, tunnel simulation or bus simulation right you're not supposed to be on the ground so ah just very weird some really 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 weird commentary uh coming out against the game but overall guys i'm really enjoying this title i'll definitely be spending more time with it throughout the week and just get lost in it and plotting like really really weird courses i don't know maybe uh, me and tim dog and uh the rest of you maybe we, we can take a trip to uh the bermuda triangle or something i don't know <laughs> um well, why don't we take a why don't we talk about another game that came out, uh, The Ascent, which uh, again that's a pretty high profile one for Xbox. Uh, Shockley, buddy, I know you spent some time with it, as you were saying. Uh, what are your first impressions of it so far? Yeah, uh, kind of like I was alluding to before. It's kind of like that in the Diablo vein, or if you played Runer, uh, that was. Uh, think that was a play anywhere title definitely check that one out kind of similar style but that was more of a single player um but this one's really i think you do up to four people with, or four people together um but it has kind of an rpg style where you can kind of choose like kind of where you want to put your stats in whether kind of be tanky uh if you want to be kind of a glass you know cannon with high crit damage um so there's a lot of like uh custom customizations and you have that from the start you can kind of customize kind of like on a smaller scale like you could in like cyberpunk um but yeah definitely pretty cool game um it gets uh, even some of the earliest stages it, it definitely gets uh uh there's some definitely you'll run into some people that are a lot higher level than you um so we started like definitely gearing towards our vitality to upper life level so just to get through some of those early stages. Um, but yeah, it's been a, been a lot of fun. So it's definitely one I'll probably keep in rotation, keep going back to. Uh, definitely good, you know, time waster with, you know, group of guys. So definitely check that one out for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I only spent, I mean, I spent maybe an hour or two on it. I haven't had a lot of time to uh, sink my teeth into it. But again, it's another title where I just have to say I, I can't believe the amount of... Uh, detail put into it visually oh yeah the detail in the cities is ridiculous for like a for a title like this that i would have thought because <laughs> runer kind of had that but like this one has it to a whole nother degree it's pretty sweet mm -hmm. and also to the uh the audio in it i have to say that's probably what's impressed me the most most with it so far the the weapons have a very good uh I almost want to say like a, a good kick to them, uh, but like it just they sound very realistic. They have a lot of meat to them, if you know what I mean. And I don't know. I just like the, the overall ambiance of it as well. And also there is like a lot of areas too. Again, I don't know how far along the game you are, Shockley, but there's so many areas where there's crowds of NPCs. I'm like, wow, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going here. It's like a real uh, living uh breathing area city that you're in it's amazing 
Yeah, yeah, it feels more dense than like when you're playing Mass Effect. Now, obviously, as much smaller games don't have to render as much detail because <laughs> um, the camera's way up high. But yeah, it it feels a lot more like a crowded city than some of the other games that with that similar style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, have a, I have a question. I haven't played the game yet. Uh, first, it, is, is, do you recommend playing it alone or do you recommend uh, playing it with other people? Definitely don't play alone. Don't play alone? Oh, why? Is it just like they, they just overwhelm well, it's you? Like, it's, it's like when you're playing any of those types of games by yourself, whether it's like Donald Legends back in the day, Diablo. Like Diablo, I can totally play by myself, but it's way better when I have at least like one person with me. Okay. And um, I, I couldn't help but notice the Metacritic difference between uh, the Xbox and the PC version. I mean, is it, is it, does anyone know if it's due to like bugs or stability issues? I don't think any of that because the big hitter on the Xbox side was uh, from Metro UK. Um, and they, oh, get, I think they gave it a 30, saying yeah. it wasn't like Diablo or wasn't enough like Diablo. So it wasn't stuff on. I didn't see anything that was talking about performance. It was just talking about the game itself. But you can see uh, there's a uh, PC version now has a lot more uh, reviews. So I'd go with that one because some of the reviews uh, like IGN, they're used on both, even though they probably only played it on one platform. So I don't know how that makes sense. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, if you put all the reviews together, even if you took that negative review and put the like all the reviews together, I think you'd be fine, or I think it'd be like at least a 70 or higher. Um, you know, especially if you just average them out between the two, it's like 75, 65, so about 70 games. So it's definitely worth checking out for a game that just dropped in your lap on Game Pass. And it's a lot of fun if you have a couple guys just, you know, picking it up for, you know, uh, a night. It's it was kind of a blast. It's kind of like, you know, back in the day playing like Gauntlet Legends, those type of games where you just like run through and just start blasting people in a cool cyberpunk world definitely give it a shot Mm -hmm. all right good to know yeah mld you bring up a good point too about the whole metacritic thing because i'm usually not a guy that really goes for metacritic personally i just kind of i don't i do my own thing like i i don't know i tend to like some some games that would be considered mediocre at best kind of a thing you know whatever but it's like you look at the Metacritic and it's like Flight Sim, you have 92, which is, I mean, that's that's really, really good. <laughs> you have The Ascent. It, again, last time I looked at it, it's 74. And the next game we're going to talk about, Death Store, 86. I mean, again, that's a pretty good score as well. Is there, like, too much obsession over the Metacritic score? Is that just more of like a like a fanboy thing, do you think? It's a fanboy thing. It's purely for console wars, uh, list list wars, measuring. Yeah, it's 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 that. I, I, that's why I think it is. End of the day, yeah. Just, just people, you know, push pushing their their points of view. You know, mm-hmm. no um, if I can hop in on that real quick, um, with Metacritic, let's. I'm gonna just put it out there. With Metacritic, I wouldn't even know about Death's Door. Um, I don't gauge uh, a game's popularity based off of what, you know, Joe Blow tells me on whatever website. I actually kind of watch Twitter and social media sites, listen to podcasts, and generally you can pick up a feel from the community about what's really becoming popular just by what's uh, what everyone's talking about. 
Um, and with Metacritic, I've always argued the point. Metacritic at least needs a little bit of a revamp, whatever system they use to, to gauge games a lot of times. Um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Metacritic. They are a very outdated system. I don't like the way they do stuff. It's actually very, a lot of uh, shadows, cloak, and, you know, magical stuff that goes on over there to get these arbitrary numbers. They base these numbers based on the popularity of the site. Who determines the popularity of the site? Nobody knows that. Um, and the big thing I don't like about Metacritic is once it is reviewed, it is set in stone, even if there is like um, major patches that go into play, like if there was something that was unforeseen, um, like there is sometimes that games really do need to go back and get re-reviewed on Metacritic, but Metacritic has a process of base they don't re-review stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The whole weighted average thing, I think like IGN, GameSpot, like they, they, their scores have more weight because they're more they're more heavily trafficked. I mean, I get that, but it's still like the, the whole process is still behind the scenes. Like they're not really known to us. So we, we just have to just take what we get kind of thing, which isn't yeah. ideal either. Ah, I know. It's like it's kind of like, you know, just to put it out there, everybody does not like how the YouTube algorithm works. Same thing with Metacritic. We do not like the algorithm that they have created to basically get these numbers because it is literally a shell game and a magic show all mixed into one. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can be a gamble at times, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it's just... Again, I just go with my own... I don't, I don't play games for uh, reviews or review scores. I mean, although... I mean, I, I suppose it is nice to have a good review score, but just just because it, it averages out to be a good review score doesn't mean, like, I'm personally going to like that game. Like, there's a number of titles that have near-perfect Metacritics, but, again, they're just not my cup of tea. So, yeah, that's just how it is. Uh, has anybody on the panel played uh, Death's Door by chance? I uh, know, not me. Uh, I, I could at least say fight. I'm staring at the screen right now. I bought it. I'm staring at the screen after the show tonight. I'm diving into that. I am tired of hearing about people talk about this game. I need to try this new crack out. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of people obsessing about it at the moment. I mean, when I first saw it unveiled at that indie event in late March, I was like, it really caught me off guard just because it's a vi very visually striking uh, title. Uh, please in the chat, let me know if any of you guys have tried it out. It just, I've been seeing a lot of really good commentary on that title. A lot of good things. Um, I've and... heard a lot of people say, um, God, stuff like game of the year. Um, oh my gosh. One guy I follow on Twitter came out and said, death's door has no reason to be this damn good. And then somebody had to retweet that saying, uh, if people don't know what you're ta talking about, this can look very bad and out of context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I suppose so. Uh, it's just, again, an, another little, this is just a, I don't want to make it sound insignificant, but again, it's just this is little indie title that just kind of came out of nowhere and people are having a blast with it uh i again it's this uh, little action adventure rpg title i know that there's a bunch of interesting boss fights that happen and yeah you follow around this uh 
what is it, this soul reaping crow, I believe, and I'm not 100% about the story, but at the same time, it's just, it looks very, I don't know, just like there's been a lot of good things being said about it, and it's done by, a, again, this small indie team of about, I don't know, I want to say, it's very, I want to say I under 10. There was two people. Yeah, yeah. There two people, I think, I think, yeah. But so it, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, just to be able to do something like that, it's just absolutely amazing. Now, should this title have been in Game Pass, guys? Because, again, it's only on Xbox right now, and I don't know, like, I would have thought that Xbox would have landed this on Game Pass somehow. Do you think it was, like, a dev thing that they didn't want it on Game Pass, or... I don't know. I just, I just find it kind of interesting that this one didn't appear in the service. I think it might be like a, a test for maybe a new strategy that indies might adopt. You see, usually an indie would just take the money for ga- for, for Game Pass and just put on Game Pass. But these guys, they, they're getting the exposure um, without that, uh, without because I think uh, Death Store was a, not on the indie showcase earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think yeah. So they got their exposure that way. So I th- they're they're getting the the actual actual upfront sales. I think maybe once those die down, maybe they'll, then they'll go on Game Pass. Either way, uh, either I, I think it's win-win for them either way because because uh, it's good that Xbox is you know, they're really indie friendly this time around. Mm-hmm. So I feel like any indie like who has a, a win on their hands, it, one way or another, whether you want to be Game Pass off the bat or uh, just Game Pass a little bit later, I think it, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Either it's a good strategy either way. Yeah, yeah, no, you make a good point there, MLD. And in the chat, what just happened, he states that I've got like 13 hours in Death's Door so far. It's awesome. Yeah, man, that's what I'm hearing. Like, it's uh, apparently it's a pretty awesome game. So, I'm just, again, I've been hearing a lot of good chatter online. Not, I don't think I've read a specific review about it. I just, I know that it's been doing very well. So, honestly, kudos to the team there. And I think it's Acid Nerve, the studio that made it. So, you know, props to them. And I'll I'll have to check it out. I don't even think it costs that much either. Maybe like 25 bucks, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I might just pick it up. They also have ties to Devolver Digital. That's what blew my mind. When, oh. I, kick, when I kick the game on, the Devolver logo comes on. Oh. Oh, is that who's publishing it, maybe? I think so, but that's why I was saying at first. That's when I was just like, "Oh wow, I did not know Devolver was name was on this anywhere." Oh yeah, yeah. They they've been putting out a lot of uh, really good indie titles uh, the past few years. So Devolver Digital is definitely somebody to uh, a publisher to keep an eye on. Um, but you know what, guys? Uh, it's interesting that you know talk about uh, indie titles. I think that leads us over to our next topic of the evening. And recently, an indie game developer came out stating that Xbox really cares about the indie game marketplace. In a recent interview, uh, replaced developer uh, Sad Cat Studio, the co-founder, Igor Gritze, he stated that the biggest part of the partnership for us is that Microsoft actually cares about the indie market. Otherwise, well there would be much fewer games on all platforms. They really they really give a chance to small studios to actually produce something and provide marketing awareness to people. I would say that for indie studios, I can't even think... 
of a con because they provide funding and marketing reach. Now, Centurion, I know we very lightly touched on this last week, but what do you think of these developers coming out and openly praising Xbox for how they handle indies? Because, you know, it was a short generation um, ago that, you know, we were hearing quite the opposite, right? Uh, I remember, what was it, last generation, you know, uh, a lot of indies didn't flock to Xbox the same way, and now they're, it's a complete reversal, a complete 180. Um, definitely complete 180 change of tune. Um, definitely things have changed. Let's really think about the beginning of the generation. Uh, Xbox did have a larger, um, I guess install base at the beginning of the generation, but due to some short changes made, um, well, the Xbox 360, they had a larger install base, but it didn't translate over into the Xbox One. PlayStation, the PS4, eventually took the larger install base, which was a lot of um, indie developers and developers in general chased. And now they're actually seeing the idea of the path of least resistance that Microsoft has created. And on top of that, let's re be realistic. If you want to... Um, you know, let's just steal from other people here, and we'll just use a food food reference. If you are going to own a Michelin star restaurant, the last thing you're going to do is go in and treat your sous chef like crap because that obviously that could translate into something really horrible for your business. And Microsoft has really found a place in nurturing and helping grow indie developers, whether they're partners or they're under the Microsoft umbrella. Uh, anybody that really kind of works with Microsoft just has really anything, nothing but good to say about them anymore on how Microsoft, no matter what, they, if, they're, if it's not in Game Pass, you're going to get marketing. If you don't get marketing, you'll somehow Microsoft always finds some way to help get your game into the niche that it should be in. And indie developers are, let's really be realistic. Um, we've seen uh, great developers like Cuphead and developers like them or the developer of Cuphead um, that put their homes on the line just to fuel mm -hmm. some of these passion projects that they wanted to get out into the ecosystem. And they don't want to see this fail. And Microsoft has done nothing but make it easier and easier for an independent developer um, or publisher, for that matter, to be able to get their games on the Xbox ecosystem without having to have some secret, you know, $25,000 buy-in fee and invite-only sales. Um, as a matter of fact, um, it's kind of funny uh, in the articles, um, the, uh, some of the stuff that was even said on Twitter, um, some of these developers were, were even asked by Microsoft to put their games in these sales because Microsoft really thought it would help the game grow. So it's not treated as like some exclusive gym membership over at Microsoft. They really want to help gaming grow as a whole, and they and pretty much in-game want everybody to be thinking of Xbox when it comes to the be the place to be when it comes to the ecosystem you want to game in. God, that was probably a lot. <laughs> no, man. Oh, well, well said. Well said. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just it's just free PR. I mean, that, that's just how I see it. These are all passion projects. Like today's indie developers could be tomorrow's like, you know, media, you know, double A, even triple A, who knows, right? They, they could be picked up by a triple A developer, uh, publisher. It's just easy. It's just minimum amount of investment. 
give him a little bit of exposure, give him the spotlight, and boom, you, you just got goodwill with, uh, with, with the little guy. And that translates to positive word of mouth with gamers online on social media in the chat rooms. Like It translates to like Xbox, this is a brand that cares about the little guy. And a game like Death's Door gained what? Like a really a good, decent Metacritic score. I mean, it, again, it's just, it's, they're small projects, but the score, it, it, it overall, it just, everything adds up. And that, that's my point. It's minimum investment, maximum return with PR. It's just, it, it's, it's a no-brainer. And I think Xbox, they finally see that. And they make it easier because it just makes sense. It's, it's not an expensive undertaking. It just, it's just simple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now... I have to put this out there, guys, because is Xbox now becoming the console for indie games, you would say? Because we've seen some comments, uh, what was it, last, the beginning of last month? I know very recently. Uh, there were some developers coming out uh, that made comments about how Sony's been uh, losing... Uh, like, they've been losing confidence with Sony about how uh, they're approaching them and just... I don't know, they're just, like, losing out uh, with Sony nowadays, and they're, I don't know, they just seem to be more more vocal against them with the way that uh, they approach them and their games. Uh, they seem to be a little more tighter with them, whereas Xbox, they're way more open to them. They give them uh, the marketing that they need, and they give them a, a spot where their game can really shine. I mean, is this something where, like, Xbox can really capitalize on with these indie titles? And we've seen, again, like, just so many really high-quality indie titles come out recently. Hmm. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I read those uh, those news pieces when they broke out. I mean, more or less with PlayStation, oh, if, they want, they, if they want to contact somebody, people don't answer back for, what, weeks or even months at a time, someone mm. said... Like what, that $25,000 for any kind of exposure. If, if someone, a dev wants to put their game on sale, they got to go through this, like all these, all these hoops mm -hmm. to, to do so. And there's even no guarantee it'll even happen when they want it to. Whereas, yeah, like whereas Xbox, what? They get back to them right away. They, they literally pay them to put them on Game Pass is literally the opposite approach. I think it really shows uh, where the priorities are of each brand. So. The winds are definitely changing. All you have to do, <laughs> all you have to do, is look at what they did with the Vita, and how they were still selling dev kits to any developers, and then a month later, told them, "Hey, we're shutting down the store." Oh, but we sold you that, you know, dev That's kit right. last month, but we didn't, you know, failed. We failed to let you know. <laughs> so hurry up and get your uh, game out the door before we shut it down. They can't purchase it anymore. Yep, so, I mean, right. you could just tell, like, that probably ticked off some people. Now they reverted back to it, but there it went on for, I think it went on for at least a week or something mm -hmm. uh, when people still thought, like, they didn't, like, the next day say, hey, sorry. Like, I don't know how Xbox did, and, like, with the, uh, the price uh, price hike on the uh, Xbox Live. They couldn't have turned that around in a day saying, oh, yeah, we screwed up. Um, so it went on for a bit, and some of them were probably ticked off, rightfully so. Um, so that's even though they went, you know, did good by them, you know, to revert back. Uh, it's probably making them think like, well, shit, what the hell? Like, obviously, you don't give a shit, <laughs> you know, if you or so, someone just didn't get the message. I don't know. 
Um, I was amazed with what I saw go down on Twitter with the individual in question, the, the individual at the independent, uh, I don't know what game publisher he was from, but I know it was from an indie games publisher. Um, and even in life and just like in business, um, companies will rub you the wrong way and you just can't go out and burn that bridge because to continue conducting business and making money, you got to sometimes deal with the antics of the other company. But when you saw this this independent game publisher come out and essentially set that bridge on fire and air out PlayStation's dirty laundry, essentially, I mean, to be, that almost speaks uh, fathoms on the fact that PlayStation's, re the revenue they got from PlayStation was so little that he had no problem sacrificing it. And that that says something. Hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because, you know, again, there's that interaction that Xbox has and just openness. Whereas, again, you can't get any interaction from any, uh, like, Sony higher-ups. They don't talk to you the same way uh, that the uh, the Xbox guys do. It just, you know, it's so open. Like, you got Aaron Greenberg, who talks to anybody. Um, you know, Phil's very... Uh, vocal and com commentative and a whole bunch of others so again they just have a different kind of uh company structure and uh culture from the sounds of it um now this dev commented on launching in game pass saying that it helps smaller titles uh like his with accessibility visibility and sales so i mean it helps with a whole lot of important things from the sounds of it uh, do you guys think that, uh, like, Game Pass, that more indies will be drawn to go into it as time goes on? Oh, yeah, this is definitely going to have a snowball effect. Like, the word's out. People know. Like, indie devs, like, they probably caught wind of this stuff online. I mean, if they were already having doubts about um, about where to put their business, I think it's only just nudging them more in Xbox's direction. Like, it's just really, really, it's not even close, like, how each brand is handling uh, indie developers. So it, it's going to be every year, you're going to see more and more and more uh, Xbox showcases highlighting indies and just making indies a priority. Because, again, it's just, it's free PR. You're supporting the little guy. Like, you cannot miss with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, MLD, and no, I, I just find it interesting when I see these articles pop up and you see Xbox sign these deals with these indies. Replaced, to me, looks like a very uh, interesting title. It's like a, what is it? It's an AI uh, trapped in a human body. It's set in the 80s, kind of cyberpunky, has a very interesting aesthetic to it. I'm I'm very interested in this title and I don't they just they keep picking up just very provocative indies for me. I just I, I can't believe it. So I'm really excited. Uh, somebody's definitely working overtime there at ID at Xbox, but kudos to them. And it's just again, it's very very interesting and telling that they're getting all these different indie talents to come onto Game Pass. And you watch, guys, you watch. We're going to start to see an avalanche of these 
smaller titles like keep coming to the service. So there's just so many now. The other day I downloaded uh, another title, uh, Omno, I think it's called. It's a small like adventure game, and again, it's it's very good, and I I just can't believe what we're getting. Like again, we we get this in Game Pass, and we get to we get to try like uh brand new games i'm just blown away by the service so again guys it's only gonna get easier for them Mm -hmm. like uh if you just look at what it did for outriders now game it fell off falling off now but Mm -hmm. uh even look at uh mlb the show it's still in like the top 10 on the xbox store whereas resident evil village it's way down below it so (laughs) a baseball game still that was on game pass day one is still outselling, you know, still way above like a game like Resident Evil 2 mm-hmm. when they're already giving it to you in Game Pass. So what I wouldn't even fathom that months after would still be baseball season's over. So it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. That, so you see stuff like that and then you see the success that all these other indies are having. So it's just going to make it easier. Like, hey, should we take, especially some of these ones starting up uh, that are splitting off from other companies, maybe ones that split off from uh, Blizzard, Activision with all this fiasco, <laughs> uh-huh. um, make their own studio. That'd be a good cash cow to, you know, let's launch our game in Game Pass. People know, you know, find out about us, get, you know, more relationship with our fans. And then maybe on the second game, you, you know, try to launch it, you know, without game pass or whatever you decide whatever is good for your studio but yeah it, it seems like it's only getting easier because what they're gonna have game after game like the lineup they've already shown us uh with these uh day ones 80s mm-hmm. on xbox launched in their game pass and then they're all slated they, they basically achieved that maybe not a, on a triple a level um but they've launched they've basically got it set up to where they got like a, at least a game every month at like minimum um, mm-hmm. some decent, you know, Ascent, Hades, whatever it is. Yeah, and then this month we have, yeah, this month we have Hades, 12 Minutes, and Psychonauts 2 off the top of my head. I'm probably missing a couple of other games, but... Uh, those are the big ones. Yeah, those are the big ones for sure. And, yeah, and then uh, going into uh, the, f- the autumn, the fall, it's uh, looking pretty positive as well with some... Uh, big hard hitters that uh, you know one's missing a date halo infinite but uh, i have a feeling it'll settle somewhere uh, late november but yeah guys either way it's uh, it's very, really cool seeing these indies doing well and uh, finding a place on the uh, the xbox ecosystem and again i'm i'm thrilled for them and i can't wait to see more come into the service because hey that's a huge benefit for us as well moving on to some other xbox news fellas and it looks like the latest Xbox consoles are very healthy and are doing quite well. Now, during Microsoft's fourth quarter earnings call a few days ago, CEO Satya Nadella stated that despite a supply shortage of Xbox Series consoles, they are the fastest selling Xbox console ever, with more consoles life to date than any previous generation. Um... You know, General MLD, these are some really impressive statistics coming out of the Xbox camp. Do you see this successful trend continuing, even with uh, a chip 
supply shortage? Oh, yes. This, I think this bodes very well for the generation for a variety of reasons. I mean, for like you said, number one, you got the chip shortage. So Series S, they're more or less more accessible, but I feel like that's more for when uh, the generation really kicks off and it gets that, and the casuals that are really starting to flock to it. I'm not worried about that. But Series X, that 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 does not last at all on, on store shelves. So that bodes very well. But it's also, I'm thinking, uh, like I'm thinking outside the box here. You got what? You got X Cloud being on all these devices. You got uh, day one games on Steam and Windows Store, but especially Steam. So you got millions of gamers who are playing Xbox games on PC, and yet you see the Xbox consoles are doing the best that they've ever done, like uh, eight months into the generation. It just, it really just shows how the brand is expanding at this really, really fast rate. And despite the expansion, the consoles are still healthier than ever. And then on top of that, all these big AAA games haven't even come yet. I mean, technically Flight Simulator is AAA, but it's a niche genre. I mean, I mean we're not, I'm not gonna lie here, it's not for everybody. But, you know, the Halos, uh, the Forza Horizon 5, the other games, they're not out yet. And yet, what, Game Pass is, is surging in subscribers, consoles are selling out to this day, with even with the shortages. I think it's just the beginning, to be honest. Like, where it'll go this, this generation is anyone's guess, but this ain't no Xbox One. And I think it'll certainly surpass the 360, while PC gains millions and millions of people at the same time. So, very mm -hmm. exciting. Now, granted, as you alluded to there, we don't have a crystal ball with us to see, you know, what uh, the future outcome of this gen will be like. Saying that, though, PlayStation is still selling more consoles at the moment. Uh, I guess you would sort of, like, touched on it a bit, but... Uh, will this generation be closer than the last? Because, again, the... The PlayStation 4 was outselling the, the Xbox One like two to one. <laughs> so do you think it'll be a lot closer? It'll be closer. Console-wise, uh, I no, P PlayStation's still going to win. Purely in the console market. Europe, mainland Europe and uh, Asia is too much PlayStation territory. Xbox is too much to catch up on. Will they get gen-over-generation uh, improvements? Of course. But if we're going by global sales the PS5 will come out on top. The brand loyalty is just too high. But that that's luckily not with the criteria that Microsoft and I think a lot of Xbox fans are using. It's more about uh, monthly engagement. Like I think like monthly active users, that's going to play a big role uh, in, in the coming years. That'll be a criteria that will be worth pointing out that I think is more important. I think, I mean, what? You could have the most consoles sold, but ultimately if people are just buying them and not even using them. They're just sitting in their houses not not being used. I think monthly active users will be a far better metric. It's too early to kind of make that mental transition. A lot of people are just very traditional. They still have the console-only kind of criteria in their mm -hmm. heads. But I think monthly active users is the right way to go, is to actually measure engagement, who's playing per month. So I think despite not selling as much uh, consoles, there'll be vast improvements. But I think and in the end, Xbox could even potentially win out as a brand, as overall, if you count the monthly active users. So that's where I stand on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you make a good point there with the monthly active users comment. Uh, and yeah, it's, you know, I would argue too, just 
with I mean sure we can talk about console sales which again it's great to see that both like that consoles as a whole that whole like uh, gaming is doing very well very healthy and I'm happy to see where Xbox is at the moment um, according to Daniel Ahmed, Z Huge, who uh, has me blocked, by the way, I don't know why. I think it's because uh, you know Tim Dog, right? He has a thing against Tim. Anyways, um, he estimates the sale of uh, Xbox Series X and S to be what 6.5 million. Now, to put that in perspective, Xbox One was at 5.7 million, and Xbox 360 was at 5 million in the same time frame. So again, these are very good, very healthy numbers that we're seeing from the Xbox Series uh, console side of things. Now, there are other things than just the console. I mean, the the brand as a whole is doing very well. You see the kind of things we were just talking about Game Pass, right? Uh, that's another thing. That's an ecosystem thing. We have uh, Project X Cloud again, like another way to play your games. Uh, PC gaming, of course. Um, it's more about the ecosystem, Xbox ecosystem, than just console. But it's fantastic to see how the consoles are selling. And then you also get the hype from Xbox acquiring, for example, uh, uh, Bethesda and all those Zenimax studios and just on, they've been on a roll acquiring different IP and so on. There's a lot of energy behind the brand right now. And even Microsoft, Microsoft is doing very, they're like killing it right now. I don't know if uh, anybody uh, keeps up to date on any of the corporate stuff. I, I I take an interest in all that and stocks. Microsoft is killing it at the moment. They are on a roll. So needless to say, the corporation and Xbox are doing very healthy. Uh, Centurion, do you have any comments uh, on this topic at all? Like, uh, do you uh, Are you really impressed with the kind of uh, numbers that the Xbox Series consoles are pulling in at the moment? Am I impressed? Yes. Am I shocked? No. We have seen now why Phil Spencer has been holding back, minding his own business, never really tearing at one brand or the other. He's always given congratulations to his competition when congratulations is due. But for the most part, he's kind of kept to himself. He never joined in the chideful little games that uh, PlayStation tried to engage in in the beginning of the uh, generation last year. And now um, we're seeing the fruits of his labor. And like I said, I've said earlier on a previous show, um, Phil Spencer is such a ruthless business person, per se, that he doesn't need to, like, hurl insults. He completely ignored PlayStation. We saw what he did for the Xbox One brand. He repaired a generation that was launched by people he did not agree with. We know Phil Spencer did not agree with Don Matrix and what was going on with the Xbox brand. And as soon as he was given that ability to make some changes, we got the Xbox One X, um, excuse me, the Xbox One S and then the Xbox One X. And then at that time, we got like the birth of Game Pass, something that a lot of people thought would fail because of the idea of giving out games day one and all this other stuff for at the time, $10 a month, which grew into $15 a month. And we've just seen Phil Spencer slowly craft and grow into what he wanted to be his generation, which is the Series S and the Series X. 
And now we see pretty much the fruits of everything that he has been trying to give us and do for the Xbox brand. Uh, Game Pass is starting to emerge as, like you said, an ecosystem, uh, and it's an unstoppable game uh, force in gaming right now. It's a game changer. Uh, we're seeing other uh, companies want to follow this course. We're seeing other companies have to actually divert their business plans because this has now altered them. Um, Phil Spencer um, has definitely kind of made his mark on the Xbox brand. And that's where I am not shocked at all that we're starting to see numbers like this, um, where PlayStation was busy having fun and pointing fingers at the Xbox brand. Uh, I think they maybe should have turned around and made sure they had all their cards in a row like Xbox was doing. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel since you're in. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, man, you know, it's just one of those things where, if you really think about it to be truly successful, you shouldn't waste one second of your day talking bad about anybody or really, you know, tearing them down. And I, that's one thing that I always, uh, enjoyed watching Phil Spencer speak when he always talked about how there's enough room in gaming right now for everybody to be successful. Um, if we all look at it, the only real competition that I've ever seen when it comes to gaming is the competition to keep the new players from getting in because we're all happy with it being Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation, PC. But if we start seeing the Googles, the 10 cents, the Amazons, you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry throwing their 10 cents into gaming, we might have a watered down convoluted mess eventually. And that's, that's the real competition that I think Phil Spencer is really starting to engage in which is why he's trying to get these other platforms on the idea of being more open to backwards compatibility and game preservation, you know, throw that crap out the window about, you know, Phil Spencer being about game, not being about game preservation because he's constituting game pass. I feel like the Xbox brand has done a very good job of bringing forward games like, uh, Knights of the old Republic, uh, Republic commando, those are just some original Xbox games that I would always sit back and think about. And as soon as they were made backwards compatible, I bought them day one. And I just, I feel Xbox has really done a good job when it comes to games of past where other platforms, Nintendo and PlayStation all like to kind of reach into that vault and try to slap a new coat of paint on it and justify you buying it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said there. And also something to keep in mind, uh, as OG Kratos here said in the chat, and the numbers would be even higher if there were more consoles available. I mean, that's true with the chip shortages. A lot of people are waiting on the availability of these consoles, and they're also looking at the landscape currently uh, that's set out right now, too, with how uh, these consoles are performing on the market. Uh, we'll be getting into a PlayStation topic in a few minutes, but uh, the topic of SSDs has come up a lot as well. Uh, there's been a whole bunch of different game delays and uh, that, you know, that's been keeping people from like, mm, you know, should I invest in this console? Should I not? And also just uh, whether it be different acquisitions and uh, what's going to be Xbox exclusive and what's going to be PlayStation exclusive. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different things involved here, and it, it's all very interesting to see the way that things are playing out at the moment. So, anyway, guys, I mean, it's just, 
you know, again, like when more consoles become available, then man, things are going to be really firing. Really, really fire. I'm looking really forward to the next, well, let's say what, uh, next year, next two years. They're going to be flying off the shelves, especially the Xbox Series X, no doubt. And PlayStation 5, too, for sure. Um, okay, guys, we will uh, move on to the last topic for tonight. And it's some news, again, out of the PlayStation camp. Sony has now confirmed that it's rolling out a beta for the PlayStation 5 users <laughs> to expand their storage. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, a beta for storage. Cut out there? Hmm? What? Oh, you cut out there. Oh. Maybe, maybe I did. Oh, weird, weird. Maybe it was me. Could be. But uh, anyways, yeah, PlayStation uh, is expanding their storage. They have a beta for it. However, the SSDs, they need to meet certain requirements and expectations, such as speed and SSD size, like the actual physical size, so it's able to uh, fit into the slot inside the PlayStation 5. Now, Shockley, buddy, what do you think of these internal SSD requirements? Because I'm already seeing a lot of confusion uh, coming out from their announcements uh yeah i mean it's not it wasn't super clear it was kind of it kind of reminded me of some of their hey this is how you transfer your ps4 save to your ps5 version um so it kind of reminded me of that um yeah i mean it's it's not it's not that hard and especially if consumers have um changed out their ps3 hard drive ps4 hard drive you know it's not that convoluted um now picking up making sure you get the right ssd that's gonna be the right speed so you get similar performance because that's going to be the main thing here whereas you know you could swap out the hard drive and the old ones in like ps4 ps3 as long as you just got a you know similar hard drive or a laptop hard drive you're fine uh whereas you know they're supposed i'm guessing why sony went with the speed is they're gonna have games that just can't be possible you know on say xbox speed of a ssd so i mean that's i'm still i was still kind of befuddled of like why they went with that level of speed and instead of just maybe using that cost into you know just higher performance um which will help your frames um but you know because they still haven't said because people kind of point to Ratchet and Clank, like, oh, that's only possible on a PS5. No way. But, like, all the devs, all they've said was just, like, hey, the SSD is allowing us to do things that we couldn't do on the PS4. Like, they even said, like, hey, this game is not possible on the speed of our competitor. There's nothing like that. Um, so, that I mean, that kind of, you want to make sure you get the right performance, because... I'm assuming those games will come eventually or there'll be a eventually a sticking point of like, this is why we went with this speed, you know, some years or whenever that's going to happen, I would assume. Um, but people need to make sure they also buy the heat sink because um, I've seen some of the videos of mm -hmm. some of the ones they've recommended um, and definitely not having a heat sink on it would be a, probably a big no, no, especially if you live in a humid uh, climate where, you know, <laughs> It, it, it gets kind of hot in your house. Make sure you have a heat sink on these things because it's definitely going to throttle. Um, you know, if it hits a certain temperature, especially some of the, I think it was the uh, Western Digital 
black. I think I, I was seeing a video passed around where they were reviewing that and it was hitting under a stress test, obviously, was hitting some high levels of temperature. Um, that can definitely help or that can definitely hurt the uh, performance. So, I mean, it's I get that uh, people are talking about with the proprietary, you know, maybe that wasn't the right way to go. But on the other side of that coin, Xbox has had that from day one. You've had to wait, you know, about the time to make a baby <laughs> to mm -hmm. get, you know, just in beta. This isn't even, you know, unless you opt in uh, to even start using this. And then it's, mm -hmm. and then they even sit, send out that disclaimer. Hey, you know, because probably someone will put a, one of these in there, probably get the cheapest one they can find. Maybe from not because I've, I've seen people pass around brands I've never even heard of. Um, and then they'll put a heat sink on it. And then who knows? Because they already said in their disclaimer, hey, we're not liable for whatever, you know, SSD you put in this thing and it goes, you know, goes awry. Whereas, you know, if you actually bought the proprietary one from Xbox, it has it comes with the heat sink. You don't have to worry about that. Um, and if that like some reason like overheated and like damaged your system, you know, either they're going to easily. I think probably even if it would, I don't know what the warranty would be on that, but if you can, the SSD is pretty new. So I would say like, if that caused a defect, they probably fix it. Cause it'd be like, Hey, this shouldn't have overheated. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how the prices drop. I mean, I've already seen uh Wario 64 pass around uh, just this past week. Mm -hmm. um, the Xbox SSD was like one eight, one eighty nine or something. And you can use those MS points, which you earn a ton of pretty quickly, and you can use that to buy it off the Xbox store. So, I mean, you can get it for a lot cheaper. So, I mean, we'll see how much those prices drop with the competition with these uh, Gen 4s. So, but yeah, no, we I, shall see. It, it's interesting, Shockley, too, because at first, uh, with the Microsoft, the uh, Xbox Series uh, X and S, um, the proprietary drive i was like uh, okay you know it, it's a little on the pricey side but you know at least you know they had something at launch whereas uh again they launched with an internal hard drive of one terabyte you know it was uh everything was gonna get full pretty fast whereas uh you know playstation uh, they had nothing all they had was their internal you couldn't even use an external at first either uh and, and even... you had less space yeah, you yeah, that's right. You think you have about two hundred gigabytes less as well, or, or something along those lines as well. So it's uh, pretty crazy. And also keep in mind too that the uh, that the proprietary drives they take advantage of uh, the quick resume, if I'm not mistaken, as well. And you know, just a few other added benefits. Whereas Sony can you can actually do a quick resume on eight. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Oh, you no, can no. actually do a quick resume on the hard drive. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not maybe not as quick, but it does keep your uh, like sus uh, suspend point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, that's true. You make a good point there. Um, I don't know, like uh, Centurion, what are your thoughts on this whole uh, SSD situation here? Because uh, you know a lot of people just you know they've been talking not too impressed about this. Um, I'll be absolutely truthful. Um, it's good to see that. Sony's pushing the envelope on blurring the lines on a console player and a PC gamer. They want you to be able to crack that thing open and, 
you know, get it. I know it's not a difficult thing, but I'm really thinking about the most funniest way I've heard it said so far. Are we expecting little Timmy's mom on her way home from soccer practice, soccer practice to stop at the local Best Buy and pick up the proper uh, NVMe.2.0, whatever hard drive with the right speeds and specs to fit in the PS5 console. And that's where it just comes down to, I'm just going to be frank, this isn't very casual friendly. This is Mm -hmm. definitely uh, not very friendly to people who are just in gaming for for gaming. They don't want to tear down a console and and screw something onto the board um, after they've checked the millimeters of it. I know it sounds silly, but... In my line of work, I literally have customers that complain about the most trivial things. And this right here, this would alienate some of the customers in my line of work. So I'm not poking fun at it. I'm just a little concerned that we are going to probably see a lot of interesting stuff appear on social media, probably on the Internet alone and some articles on what happens to these consoles when you don't put the right stuff in them as even because I mean, we're going to see people probably cook their consoles because they don't have a heat sink on something. Uh, we're going to see potentially a console short out. I'm, I'm very curious on how this is going to work in the long run. Is this going to be something that is embraced or is this something that is going to be completely rejected, uh, by the gaming community? Mm. yeah no uh that's true go ahead oh i'm just saying like i'm actually surprised how little i'm seeing playstation gamers like or at least the fans call out sony on this they seem to be loving this uh this approach from what i'm reading online because i guess the main comeback is that what it's faster and therefore it's, it's not proprietary therefore it's better but i mean my stance on all this, I think Xbox, they did it right. Now, back when they first announced it, the, the, that they said it was proprietary, some people, could they compare it to uh, the PlayStation Vita and how that worked out with the proprietary memory sticks. But looking at it now, now that there's a, a beta and there's like now that Sony announced their plans, the, the terabyte prices are, are cheaper than the terabyte uh, variant for PS5, at least with the Seagate. And also, in the end of the day, it's, it's it's a console. It's meant to be accessible. It's plug and play. And they had this. And Xbox has a solution. Day one, you plug it in. It becomes an extension of the console. You don't like anybody. And the plug and play allows you to hot swap. Good luck on hot swapping this thing off the board. Exactly. <laughs> like you can have a little Timmy, Timmy's mom. Yeah, they can walk. They can go into Best Buy, and they can get the exact the the exact compatible um, you know card and put that in. Done. Easy, like whereas with PlayStation here, you got all these options. Yes, but now you got all these like complications. Like so, with, sorry, I mean like with uh, compatibility, it may or may not work. You have to buy your own heatsink. Like, wh- wh- what is this? Like, it's a console. It's not. It's not a PC. Like, uh like it's, there's so much potential for millions of casual players to go wrong. And I think like I'm already seeing like people referencing how crap gamer. He made a video. How is he? He bricked his PS5 because he did the wrong combat. He did the wrong uh, configuration. And this is like, yeah. And this is like a uh, 
like a major PlayStation guy here. Like, and then never mind a casual, uh, a casual. And this also makes it Wait, to where consumers are going to. Ha- he got the wrong S. Yeah, I, I didn't hear about this, but that's wow. That sucks. He made a video of it. He like he admitted it. Like, it's just. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. See, that's where it's stuff like this. That's going to make somebody hesitate to want to do this in the first place because you're just like, well, I ain't going to break my console. Screw that. I'll just deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, I could see even like a bunch of, uh, you know, hardcore guys even like just screwing up as well. I mean, even I mean, yeah, I would say most uh, casuals would have an issue with this. But man, like even myself, it's like, okay, I have to find this specification and this and this size. And, you know, I got to open it up and I got to get a heat sink, you know, otherwise it'll explode. And it just, you know, all these different, different complications. Hop on one foot, rub your stomach, pat yourself on the head, chew bubble gum at the same time. Yeah, turn three times around, say a prayer and so on. Like it's just, oh, it's, uh, it just seems like a little much guys, honestly. Um, I don't know. Again, it just makes me really appreciate what Xbox did with the proprietary drive. Uh, my only knock against them is I want more than one terabyte. <laughs> I'm kind of holding off until I see a two or a three or a four terabyte uh, sometime in the near future uh, for those SSD cards. But uh, man, they're, I mean, they're such a good idea. Again, you just pop them in the back, pop out, you know, just, you know, ease and you don't have to really adjust anything. Ease of use is fantastic. <laughs> I like what other Zinc just put it on the surgery station five, and I just want to do it one better. I think they should go and make the, um, oh my God, you know the board game surgery? Yeah, yeah. I think they should get a partnership with that, so that way if you're, if you're, you know, you're putting it in wrong, the, the PlayStation lights up red. <laughs> oh, yeah, are you talking about like the game operation? Uh, the game operation, there we go. I have, I'll see, I don't remember stuff like that, but that the game operation, exactly. Never mind. Bad oh, joke to go over. Yeah, that's fantastic. As soon as, like, yeah, you have to be very, very precise. Otherwise, it'll light up and explode on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Damn, it makes me want to really break it out now. I still have a bunch of my old board games. Um, you know, keeping with the the spirit of uh, PlayStation use, guys, uh, I, I had kind of uh, theorized that we would see another game be... Uh, pushed back possibly another big uh, profile PlayStation game and it looks like uh, I may have prophesized that um, now there's reports coming out and I mean multiple reports uh, coming out that Horizon Forbidden West is set to be delayed into 2022 something that could be announced during uh, a possible stream presumably uh, the next state of play sometime in August or uh, September at least that's what some journals were saying, like Jeff Grubb. So there's uh, quite a bit of meat to this uh, rumor going around. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Uh, could we see uh, a high-profile game such as uh, Horizon Forbidden West be uh, pushed back into the new year? I think that it's all but confirmed. I feel like they should have announced that date if they had a firm release date. They should have done that by now. I mean, there's Halo mm. Infinite, but Phil Spencer clearly said it's only it's it's in within a few weeks window. That's only because of what? Maybe Call of Duty releasing mm-hmm. in that same period. I feel like they've been too quiet on this one, and it started and with every every. I mean, this news what broke out what uh, earlier this week? Even I like a few like, couple of days ago, yeah. Yeah, and I think their silence is just speaking volumes. Surely they're aware of the ch- of the chatter. And, you know, the personalities like uh, Schreier and uh, 
Oh, Jeff Grubb. Uh, was it mm-hmm. Jeff Grubb? Yeah, just uh, just just corroborating the news. So, yeah, the, the implications are are pretty massive if that's if that's the case. Like mm-hmm. they they just handed the holiday over to Xbox essentially. <laughs> well, keep in mind too, MLD. Uh, the only game that I can think of off the top of my head, big title that PlayStation has is an Xbox Studio game and IP with Deathloop because Ghostwire Tokyo got delayed as well uh, along with a couple of others. Uh, all they have is this uh, Deathloop coming out, what, mid-September? Otherwise, you're going to have a few months just open there for the picking, whereas Xbox has, uh, let's see, uh, Forza Horizon 5 in November... We have Halo Infinite coming out again, presumably within uh, a few weeks after that, uh, along with a, a few indie titles as well that we don't know the dates of. It's going to be a very competitive can few I, months for Xbox. Can I throw some extra ones in there for you, Invader? Yeah. Uh, let's not forget that, that we also, you mentioned Halo, but we're also talking Battlefield 2043 that they have the marketing rights to. We have heard absolutely nothing out of the Call of Duty uh, camp. And isn't PlayStation still got the marketing rights for Call of Duty? I believe so. So, I mean, like, it, it really, it's like, man, you almost, you're starting to feel sorry for them because you like, you guys didn't watch what happened to Xbox. Like, what were you doing? Yeah, and I'm I'm just being brutally honest. I want to be like you guys saw what happened with Scalebound and and other things over on the Xbox side. Did you guys not think that could happen to you? Like I'm pretty sure like it's like almost like the writing has been on the wall for a couple of these games and you know, it's like god, you know, everybody wants to say like you know, they're, you know, I know you said you jokingly said you predicted it, but you also don't want to steal the thunder and saying that you know, it's been the writing has been on the wall for a few of these games. You you've just been waiting for them to confirm it. You can't kind of you can't have somebody just stand there and be like, nothing's wrong here. Meanwhile, all this stuff is taking place in the background. Well, yeah, even some of their smaller titles too, like uh, what's it called, Kenna, I believe. I believe that got delayed again, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, that's in September as well with uh, with Deathloop. That's correct. Uh, but even on the indie side of things, too, Xbox is really uh, killing it. Uh, just the other day at the Annapurna event, uh, the Artful Escape got a release date, I believe, for some time in September, if I'm not mistaken. That's going into Game Pass. Uh, Crossfire X, We uh, last thing we heard, it was going to be released in... Uh, sometime later at like at the tail end of this year i believe sometime in december and mm-hmm. uh i still need to hear more about that again that's another pretty high profile game unfortunately just earlier today exomecha got uh, an update and it's delayed until next year early next year but hey you know again uh i don't mind i don't mind delays it's just i i don't like having uh a blank period of time with uh, no games, like, you know, three or four months. Months Again, I'm just going through the list here. Like, I'm just looking at a list, uh, all these indie games that Xbox has to tide us over, and things are looking pretty good at our end, but, man, at the Sony end of things, I, they just didn't prepare for this from the looks of it, unless they have some kind of secret game that we don't know about. But uh, I would say that, you know, losing Horizon from this year really blows. 
See, at this point, I do want, yeah, it's actually, it's fun to make the jokes and like, ha, you know, look what's going on over there. But at the same time, there is a part of me that wants to see them literally pull a rabbit out of their ass. Well, again, hmm. look at uh, the developer we interviewed, uh, Joe Winter, Song of Iron is coming out uh, in late August. We also got Tunic, what else, Shredders, that uh, snowboarding game. Scorn, which uh, you had covered uh, in some of your videos as well, Centurion. All kinds of bloody indie games coming. It's uh, it's gonna be a monsoon of bloody games for us. Actually, it already is. I'm already overwhelmed by my backlog alone. And you know, you tack on top all these newer titles that we get through. Uh, you know, even Game Pass as just the accessibility. Man, oh man, I'm just blown away by content. So uh, definitely, definitely no drought on the Xbox side of things. But uh, I, again, guys, like I know I have a little like this is an Xbox centric show, but I also I have a PlayStation Five. I don't want them See, to not have games. I'm invested I, in this. I want to play these games. I'm wanting to stand by and say. Jim Ryan is a numbers guy and a money guy. And even he has to see a big issue with this. And they have to, they have to have something. I mean, I will be completely mind blown if PlayStation literally goes like stoically silent for the rest of the year, kind of launches a few games he here and there. And around the game awards, just tries to kind of create some hype with some game trailers at the awards. I really hope they're going to just do something in between. Or they can do, well, I mean, they can do what Xbox One did. I mean, the Xbox One had some dry years midway in the generation. Mm -hmm. where I think, what, one holiday, the, the, the best holiday lineup they had was to promote PUBG yeah. being exclusively on Xbox. I think that's something that Sony would have to maybe go down that route. Like maybe uh, like if, they're, if they still have the Call of Duty uh, marketing deal, literally go heavy on that. Or, uh, yeah, really just promote anything they have that's just not on Xbox. Do you think that, they would promote heavily the uh, Deathloop? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I think yeah, they that's would. The thing, though. But. It's, yeah, oh. it's also, Deathloop's also September, though. It's not really a holiday game. But if they had nothing, you think they would be like, oh. Because what if, what if Call of Duty does not show up to the to the, to the the holiday season? What if whatever they got going on over there um, just happens to create that delay that PlayStation really didn't see coming. Then I guess it's just going to be a hilarious marketing campaign for from my end anyway, <laughs> to see them push Deathloop so hard. When people know they're just going to wait it out and play it on Game Pass with all these post-launch patches that are going to happen. So either way, like they, yeah, I, some I guess people are hoping that they pull a rabbit out of their, out of their hats here, but. They may just have to just do what Xbox One did back in the day and just promote whatever they have that just isn't on the competition, whatever it is. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that I, unless they could also do another thing where, because they do have a couple of definitive editions coming out, uh, whether it be for Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima as well. So I, I guess technically you could count those but at this because i i do know that you're gonna need that multi you're gonna need that multiplayer to 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 basically because you know that there's a large multiplayer base on either ecosystem 
because I am tempted to pick up both for my PS5, but uh, just because, I mean, there's nothing really else. I'm okay, there is Ratchet and Clank, don't get me wrong, I do want to play that as well. I just, I'm going through a bit of my backlog right now. I, I personally feel bad if I just have games sitting in my library and I, I just kind of neglect them. I need to play them. <laughs> um, oh, I'm right there with you. I, um, ironically, I was playing uh, Days Gone today. I literally had to play the game for about 45 minutes to an hour to kind of get a feel to how to play the game again. Cause I checked the save date and the last time I played that game was December 23rd, 2019. Oh, wow. Yeah. I still need to get into that. Actually days gone really does intrigue me. So I, I, I want to say when I, I remember playing that game a lot and I want to say there's a noticeable difference playing that game on the PS five. I know it's not like they're receiving major patches like the the like the older games from now on the Xbox side, but I want to say this was, uh, I, to me, it looks like a much cleaner game. Um, there's not as much craziness going on. The game is much more stable. I don't have like weird stuff happening on a regular basis. I, I do feel that I'm having a more enjoyable experience playing the game uh, on the PS5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I've heard a lot of people say as well. I might give it a go sometime soon. I'm actually I'm go I'm weeding my way through the Uncharted trilogy at the moment, and then yeah, dude, those are good games right there. They are. They really impressed me. Naughty Dog uh, certainly did a good job with them, and uh, I'm def I'm. Did you like the first one? I preferred the second one. First one I found as a like kind of a chore to get through. I was just like. This feels like it was average. Yeah. Like for its like in that time. Like it was a it was a decent game, but it um I was just like, oh, this isn't I I knew the second one was the one that everybody talked about. So I was just like, let me just finish this one. Then the second one really went off. And so, the third one kind of oh. dipped for me again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the fourth was pretty good. For me on the Uncharted, at least when it came out. Um, Tomb Raider had gone so far down the sci-fi hole that it almost felt like a completely different like game. And I was even looking for that Indiana Jones spinoff, something that, you know, just like Uncharted was, I actually enjoyed playing the first game. Um, the second and the third games were home runs. I still have to finish the fourth game. But I actually really love the character of Nathan Drake and the world they created. Uh, the story between between him and is it Sully or Tully? Sully. Sully. I mean, the story between him and Sully is honestly really, really a really good story. Um, I definitely would like to say that w- the Uncharted series as a whole is one of the shining examples of why PlayStation has kind of earned the the reputation that they've had in the past of being able to create very well-crafted stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I got to move on from Uncharted soon. But uh, yeah, there's still a lot I need to play there to catch up on from the PlayStation uh, 4 and 3 library. But... Uh, yeah, either way, guys, it's interesting to see what PlayStation does with a, a, a major gap in their, uh, l- well, 
in their lineup later this year, their fall lineup. So who knows? They could get a couple of, they could secure a couple of indies or again, do some more marketing. It's uh, time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, considering how yeah. they, I think it's the same spot as last year with yeah. Halo. Like they, ex- like you know, Phil, there's no reason not to delay Halo if it needs to work because mm-hmm. I'm still selling out my consoles anyway. So PlayStation's still selling out. Mm-hmm. It's like if you need the time, it's not going to hurt you. You're not having to. You're not struggling to push consoles, and mm-hmm. um, you're already selling more than Xbox. So it's like you can get by if it needs to have a few more months in the oven. Yeah, to be fair, I don't mind if they delay the game. It's just a matter of, well, what else is in this period of time? And it happens to be a little bit of a lengthy time period. So, you know, it is it is a big bit of a gap. And like you said, like you said, Shockley, uh, you know, Halo did leave a, a big gap in uh, Xbox's lineup last year. But, hey, it was for the better. I think everybody pretty much agreed on that. But. Uh, yeah, either way, guys, uh, there will be uh, lots of play, at least on the Xbox side of things anyways. Um, but I think on that note, I think we've hit, yeah, we've hit the end of tonight's show. And guys, really awesome stuff tonight, talking about the latest games, hitting Xbox platforms exclusively. And also, you know, uh, really, where do we find all the time to play all these titles? I mean, it's, just, it's you know, it's crazy, just crazy, whether it be The Ascent... Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Death Store, and just a slew of others, too. Uh, as well, we got into some PlayStation news regarding the SSDs and uh, Horizon Forbidden West that we just covered. It got delayed. All that and a few other Xbox topics thrown in there. Uh, and I gotta say, as well, a huge shout-out to everyone uh, who tuned in tonight, especially uh, the guys who are in the chat. You guys rock. Kratos, other Zinc, Jesse Darby, who else do we got here? Nine Lives, What Just Happened, Z Blackwriter, Toolman, and so on. You guys really rock. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us. It's always great to have you here. And hey, if you happen to enjoy tonight's show and all the content, the banter, then consider dropping a like, subbing to the channel, and sharing this out across various forms of social media. Next up, let's get to the uh, panel outros. I'll start with Centurion. Buddy, hey, you had some really good takes tonight. Where can everybody follow you at, bud? Oh, for those who want to follow me, please find me at Centurion1307 on YouTube, Xbox Live, and, of course, Twitter. You can also find me every Saturday night on the TXR pod. Oh, my God, I just finally did it. You can find me every Saturday (laughs) night on the Shot Podcast and every Sunday night on the TXR podcast. That is the first time I've flubbed that. Oh, my God. Right here, live. Eh, No worries, buddy. You know, it happens when you're on multiple shows. But, yeah, you always uh, handle it pretty well, so uh, no worries on that front. Uh, Moving on over to Eric Shockley. Hey, buddy, always appreciate uh, your analysis on things, your deep dives into all the technical matters and so on. Where can uh, everybody follow you at? Yep, as always, you can find me at Shock Nero on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, a great show tonight. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, totally. And MLD, buddy, awesome show. Uh, again, I really enjoy your takes as well. Uh, where can everybody follow you at, my friend? Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, Twitter is at MLD Ghost. YouTube channel is General MLD. 
Uh, Xbox Gamer Tag is Ghost MLD. Just basically finished MechWarrior 5. Now I'm on, I actually playing an indie game called Yes, Your Grace. It's like a medieval uh, medieval kingdom simulator. That's pretty fun, actually. Uh, also, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was really fun. Always a pleasure. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, hoping next week we'll have uh, more ju- juicy, juicy news to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah, I gotta... Oh, man, I really gotta finish off MechWarrior 5, too. I was really into that game. Um, But yeah, guys, um, on top of all that, this is Invader signing off, and you can find my content over on YouTube at Invader Gaming. Currently working on some things, hoping to get some content out soon. Um, But yeah, wicked show tonight, and we cannot wait to see you all here next Sunday. Have a good one, guys. Take it easy.